What does a conveyancer do and how do they fit in the process of buying a house? Hello everyone and welcome to the Home Buyer Club podcast with me, your host Joe Thompson. And today, like I said at the outset, we're going to look at the conveyancing part of buying a house. So when you buy a house, there is three key players involved. You've got the estate agency who you're buying the house through. You've got the mortgage advisor and the mortgage lender and everything to do with the finance side of things. And then once that's all sorted, it then goes over to the conveyancer who does all the legal side of things. So today we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what they actually do. Because, well, before I was a mortgage advisor, I thought, oh, well, I didn't know what they did, to be honest. I thought it was just uh, a, a magical thing, you know, that happened and all of a sudden you own the house. And unfortunately, it's not like that. There's a lot of stuff that does go into buying it. Um, from the legal side of things anyway. There is a massive misconception that solicitors purposefully delay things. Um, and I've got to admit, before I was a mortgage advisor, like I say, I didn't really know what was going on. And when I was buying my house, I thought, why is it taking so long? Like, oh my God, surely it should be something so easy that it's done in a few days. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't take a few days or even a few weeks. It can take a few months. And that's because there's so much work that goes into it. And just from the outside, I need to just say that, you know, buying a house is probably the biggest financial commitment you're ever going to have. So you want to make sure that the conveyancer is doing everything they can to make sure it's right. Because you're going to have this very expensive liability for a long time. So you want to make sure that it's right. There's a few different things then that the conveyancer will do. They'll, when you uh, go apply for a mortgage, you'll always appoint a solicitor from the outset. Obviously, a solicitor and a conveyancer in this scenario is the same thing. A solicitor is just a more qualified conveyancer who deal with um, who deal with property law. Okay, so there's a few things that will do. And like I said, when you um, apply for a mortgage, you need to have a solicitor or conveyancer appointed. And what will happen is they'll contact you, you'll appoint them and you'll pay a small fee to open a file. Basically, it's a case um, admin charge for them to open a file ready to start the process. You'll fill in some initial documentation with them and the main bulk of the work starts when the mortgage gets offered. Now, if you've ever sat in a meeting with me when I'm going through the process of buying a house, I'll always touch on the fact that the, the main work for the solicitor will start once the mortgage offer gets issued. Now, what happens is the mortgage company will send the mortgage offer directly to the solicitor. And when they get it, it gives them like the authorization to start doing all the legal stuff. They need it for the file, basically. They can start doing the work beforehand. But I've always said to people, don't start doing all the searches and all the other stuff, which I'll talk about shortly. Don't start doing all that stuff until you've got your mortgage sorted because for whatever reason, your mortgage doesn't go through. You know, there's a problem with uh, with the valuation or or you as applicants. You don't want to be forking out money on searches and other things to do with the conveyancing if you can't get the finance for it. Otherwise, you don't get that money back. That's not refundable. So you're going to waste a lot of money there. So it is important to kind of, yes, okay, it will delay things slightly, but surely that's 
better having that peace of mind knowing that you've got the finance, then you can go on to the next stage. Personal preference, I will say that. Okay, so there are a few things that a conveyancer does. And first thing what they'll do is they'll check the title deeds. Now, I've made some notes down below. So if I'm looking down, that's what, <laughs> that's what I'm looking at. My friend Amy is a conveyancer. has helped me out with this. Uh, I know obviously a little bit, but not as much as a genuine conveyancer from Lena. So the first thing they'll do is to check... Well, one of the things, sorry, they'll do is they'll check the title deeds. Now, the title deeds for your home sets out the tenure, which basically means if it's leasehold or freehold, which I'll cover in a later date. Basically, leasehold is you're renting the land um, and you own the building. Um, common things that leases are, are like flats. So you own the actual flat, but maybe not the whole building and the land that it's on. Whereas a freehold, you own the land and the building. Most houses are freehold nowadays. Okay, So it sets out the tenure. It sets out the boundaries. So what you actually own. So you might actually have a, a small garden, but your boundary might be bigger. Um, and that will be on the title deeds. It'll also set out the legal ownership. It also includes any covenants, such as restriction on use or right of access as well as any charges on the property, such as those from a bank or a mortgage lender. Okay, so a charge is basically, um, they have refusal on the house. So for example, worst case scenario, you stop paying your mortgage and your house gets repossessed. The bank will repossess that house because they're, they're a charge on your, um, on your deeds. What they will then do is recoup any money that they owe to them based on that charge, okay? Now, with that right of access bit I just spoke about, I'll give you a scenario. So my house, um, the guy who lives next door to me, he had a massive plot of land um, and he sold that land, his back garden, essentially, to a builder who built four houses. So when you come off the main road, you turn down, it's like a little driveway, sort of. Um, street sort of it's not a street it's like a private driveway and you drive down and round to where our houses are so the land that I, my house is on is mine but to get to that house I have to drive down his kind of driveway which is his land but I have a right of access um, on my title deeds that means that I he can't stop me from driving to my house essentially okay what they'll also do is they'll also order and review searches. Now, you've probably heard searches a lot spoken about. Oh, we're just applying for searches. And you think, searching for what? Are you searching for Wally? Where's Wally? Who knows? Good game. Keeps you very entertained. I haven't seen Where's Wally in ages. I'm not very good, obviously. <laughs> That's a terrible dad joke. <laughs> so, yeah, they order and review the searches. So, I'll just give you some... Uh, an idea of some searches that they do, some of the most popular ones. Okay, so local searches, um, local authority searches, sorry. This search highlights planning issues, building control issues, highway issues, and pollution issues. Okay, the second type of search they do is environmental searches. This search highlights any flooding issues in the area, landslide issues, subsidence issues, contaminated land issues okay so where my mom lives her garden backs onto like a massive field that goes on for 
ages. It's so big, right? And <clears throat> on that land, many, 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 many years ago, there was, it was a dump. So it was a landfill. So people, obviously, the rubbish would go in the land and they filled it up because it got too much. Now, obviously, they filled it up and there's grass on there. <clears throat> now, if you walk through there, it's obviously perfectly fine now. There's, you'll see like little chimneys coming out of the ground to let out any 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 toxins, really. That land potentially is contaminated. Now, there's no issues, but they'll never be able to build on it because of the, the potential contamination going on there. OK, so, you know, if you do, you know, if you do uh, want to look at the title deeds and inspect them, you will get these from the searches will be sent to you by by the solicitor so you'll get to review like, and see what the, the issues potentially are from this the last kind of search is a water and drainage search so the search inquiry is made to a local water uh, water company that highlights who owns and maintains the sewer drains and piping it also informs them if the property is connected to a public water supply and sewer you'd hope so because you want some water, you don't want to be walking a couple of miles to go to the well, do you? I mean, who's got a well nowadays, eh? <laughs> uh, it also tells you uh, whether the water supply is metered or rateable. What that basically means is um, rates were back in the day when everyone was, uh, everything was cheap. <laughs> rates, you'd literally pay a flat rate for for water say 10 pounds a month okay where the meter now is it runs like your gas and electric the more you use the more you pay it also tells the lo location of public sewers and the drainage pipes uh, and whether you'll need permission from the water company to extend your home so depending where the pipes are and where the access is for the water company to get to those pipes you know they will need to know where you're building. So if you're extending your property and it goes over one of these things, they'll need to know and they'll probably reject your application. So just something to remember. Once they've got those local searches back then, the conveyancer or solicitor will then review all the information provided by uh, the local searchers and also all the information provided by the seller solicitor in the protocol forms that they send out. And the information on the searches, like I say, is reviewed uh, to ensure um, that all the information is, is correct. Now, the next kind of thing that you'll hear, you'll hear a lot, is raising inquiries. So you'll hear a lot, a lot of conveyances talk about searches, which we've covered, and you'll hear a lot of people talking about raising inquiries. Now, raising inquiries is basically asking questions on the paperwork the other the seller's conveyance has sent you so they'll just be back and forth going what's this why is this like this what's going on so they'll send those inquiries off and then they'll you'll hear a term waiting for inquiries okay and that's where they're just waiting for the seller's solicitor to tell them what's going on again this is all because they want to make sure that the the house you're buying is is good you know it's it's going to be yours for a long time they want to make sure that it's right so just bear that in mind once you've got all those inquiries back and they've got all the searches back they write a report to you the buyer 
and it contains all that information, all that information that we've just gone over, it contains it all. Now, this is a key thing to remember as well. They need to comply with the mortgage lender's requirements. The mortgage lender will often have a list of requirements that they need the conveyancer sorry, to comply with. The conveyancer then needs to make sure that everything is correct for the mortgage lender. This may mean that um, a report, they need to report matters to the mortgage lender, which could potentially affect the valuation and even whether the mortgage lender wants to continue um, lending money against that property. That's something to bear in mind. Now you might be thinking, why on earth would the conveyance to do this? Why would they um, report stuff to the, uh, to the mortgage lender? And it's simple really. The conveyancer is working on your behalf, yep, but they're also working on behalf of the mortgage lender. That's something just to remember, that's really important. So if there is any issues, they have a, a duty of care to report that. What they'll also do then is once they're happy with everything and they've got all the inquiries back and everything's satisfied, everything's satisfied with the mortgage lender, you're happy with everything, searches are all sorted, um, they, they then can proceed to arrange a completion date as long as everyone else who's involved in the chain is happy to do so. Okay, So if you're in a chain, that basically means you're buying a house and the person you're buying a house from is also buying a house. And that person they're buying a house from is also buying a house. That's a chain. Okay, So when everyone in that chain is ready to go, you can set a completion date. Now, a conveyancer has a duty of care to um, do anti-money laundering checks. So they'll search for the source of all the funds. So you might have deposit coming from savings. Great. They'll need to see a long history of where that money's come from. They'll also, you might be getting a gift from a, fa a family member, someone. They'll want to see their bank statements to see the build-up of funds. They'll chasten the build-up of funds because they need to make sure that it's all legitimate sources. So if it's coming from overseas, more checks will be done. Again, if it's coming from, you know, someone, you know, three doors down the road, they'll want to know who's it from and they'll need to check the sources, okay? So just bear that in mind. If it is coming from multiple sources, they're going to need to see a lot of paperwork. And that's because they have to do the anti-money laundering checks, like I said. Okay, so fantastic news then. We're on to completion. And that's where you, well, let's start, let's just rewind a little bit. With exchange contracts, that's where you're legally tied in to buy the house. That's when you'll get an itemized bill from the solicitor just before saying how much you owe them. And that's, like I said, where they'll want to get all the deposit funds in. They'll get the money from the mortgage lender. They'll get all your deposit and they'll get everything ready to pay the person you're buying a house from. Usually they can either do, um, they don't like doing this, but they can do a simultaneous exchange and completion where they complete on the same day. It's not very common. Conveyancers don't like doing that. Usually it's a couple of days or even a week later when the completion date's set. Now, if you're a new build, if you're buying a new build, what will happen is you potentially might exchange well in advance, a couple of months in advance. Your house might not even be built when you exchange. 
that's how crazy and, and long it is. So just bear that in mind. Um, if you're buying a new build, you might exchange in January and June you might move in. <laughs> so just uh, that's the difference there between new builds and standard normal um, house purchases. Okay. So yeah, completions, when you move in, you get the keys, you'll go to the estate agent, you'll pick up the keys. Remember to drop them a bottle of champagne off. Oh, I'm joking. And remember the mortgage advisor as well, that person. Oh, what a, what a person that is. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, congratulations. You then move in. And that's where the fun begins. That is a brief overview of what a conveyancer does. There's a hell of a lot of more work involved. And it's... You know, I've done that in, what, 15, 16 minutes explanation. It, there's so much more that goes in, and it is a long process. Like I say, it can take a few months to, to get everything sorted, depending on how complex uh, the paperwork is and the searches are. So just bear that in mind next time you're ringing your solicitor, shouting at them, saying, you need to hurry up, you need to hurry up. They're doing this for you. They're not doing this to drag their heels for any reason. Because remember said that they get paid at the end of the um they get paid at the end when you complete so it's in their best interest to get it done quick so just remember that i hope you've enjoyed the podcast next month we will be getting some guests on so if you do want to carry on listening please do please share it with your friends please share it with family members the more followers i get the better the guests get and the bigger the podcast gets and the better I get, I hope. Uh, yes, yeah, stay tuned, follow for more uh, podcasts and I'll see you next week.